بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم we continue the discussion on the uh, subject of the important lessons for the muslim ummah we have reached class number 17 and uh, we were talking about the pillars of islam and we finished the first two pillars the shahada the testimony of tawhid and Uh, the uh, subject on Salah as well, the pillar of Salah. Uh, inshallah ta'ala, in this class we will talk about the Zakah. Linguistically, uh, well, all Zakah is the third pillar of Islam. And it is always mentioned along with uh, the Salah. In many places uh, it is rather mentioned in some 82 verses in the Quran where they come along, uh, it comes along with the, with the Zakah. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَأَقِيمُ الصَّلَاةَ وَآتُ الزَّكَةِ Perform salah, establish salah and give zakah. The meaning of zakah linguistically is النَّمَاءُ وَالزِّيَادَةِ Increase, uh, growth, and uh, purification. This is the linguistic meaning of zakah. Uh, and the legal meaning of zakah is <coughs> it is a specific uh, right obligated uh, an obligated specific right uh, in a particular wealth uh, uh, to be given to a specific uh, people to specific uh, specific in the distribution or beneficiaries and as an act of worship as an act of worship this is the this is the uh, Islamic or the legal meaning of zakah so it's an obligated specific right and specific wealth to be given to specific people the beneficiaries as an act of worship Worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now. And it is an obligation. It is an obligation. قال الله تعالى وَأَقِيمُ الصَّلَاةَ وَآتُ الزَّكَاةِ Establish salah and give zakah in 82 verses in the Quran. 82 verses in the Quran. وقال الله تعالى in سورة التوبة In chapter 9, verse 103, خذ من أموالهم صدقة تطهرهم وتزكيهم. خذ من أموالهم صدقة تطهرهم وتزكيهم. This is in Surah At-Tawbah. Take alms from their wealth. Uh, to purify or that you cleanse them and purify them to purify them and sanctify them with it and also in uh, in the in the in the agreed upon hadith the prophet sallallahu said bunni al-islam ala khams islam is established upon five pillars shahadatu an la ilaha illallah wa anna muhammadar rasulullah the testimony that there is no true god 
worthy of worship except Allah, and that Muhammad is Allah's messenger, establishing the salah and giving the zakah. So it is mentioned as a pillar, the third pillar. And also in the hadith of Jibreel alayhi salam, about Islam and Iman and Ihsan, uh, Islam was answered by the Prophet ﷺ as to the meaning of Islam. Islam is to testify that there is no true God worthy of worship except Allah and Muhammad is Allah's messenger. And establish the salah. And you give the zakah. And also in the hadith of Mu'ad, when the Prophet ﷺ sent him to Yemen, he told him the first to invite them to is an Allah to single Allah alone in Worship. فَإِنْهُمْ أَطَاعُوا And then ordain upon them the salah. And then if they obey you, then if they obey you, then teach them that Allah ordained upon them alms to be taken from their rich and to be given, distributed to their poor. As in the known famous hadith of Mu'adh bin Jabal رضي الله تعالى عنه. What is the ruling on those who withhold the zakah? What is the ruling on those who withhold the zakah? Withholding the zakah is either to withhold it on account of denial. On account of denial. So, if it is done out of denial, then this is this is disbelief and the disbelief is not the withholding it's not due to withholding rather the disbelief is due to denial of this obligation except in the case if someone is new to Islam and does not uh, and does not know is ignorant about its pillars, is ignorant about its pillars. So this is therefore apostasy on account of denial. And the one who denies, then he will be given respite to make tawbah, and if he uh, does that and attests to its obligation, otherwise he will be uh, executed as an in a state of apostasy and an apostate. Apostate. Now, on the other hand, if the withdrawal withholding is due to niggardness, being miser, then the correct opinion is that he does not become a kafir, even uh, despite that some of the scholars said otherwise. The correct opinion is that he does not, he is not a kafir, because it is affirmed from the hadith of the Messenger وسلم, reported by Abu Huraira concerning those who withhold the zakah, uh, three things whoever does them would enjoy the sweetness of iman in the hadith, to worship Allah alone, or rather the hadith, anyone who hoards wealth 
anyone who hoards wealth and does not pay its zakah, his wealth will turn into sheets heated in hellfire, with which his sides and foreheads will be continuously branded until Allah judges between his slaves in a day which is 50,000 years long. After that, and this is the point of evidence, after that he will either end up in Jannah, in paradise, or Jahannam, or hell. And he will not uh, end up in Jannah unless he is not what? A kafir. So this hadith uh, is evidence for the preponderating opinion that the one who withholds the zakah uh, due to niggardness, being miser, is not a kafir. Now, the wisdom behind the obligation of zakah. The wisdom behind obligation of zakah. The wisdom refers to the one who gives and to the one who takes and to Islam. As to the one who gives, then it nourishes his character because giving is from generosity and goodness. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in the verse we mentioned earlier in Surah At-Tawbah, chapter 9, verse 103, خُذْ مِنْ أَمْوَالِهِمْ صَدَقَةً تُطَهِّرُهُمْ وَتُزَكِّهِمْ بِهَا Take alms out of their wealth that you cleanse them and purify them. And also it uh, expiates the sins. It expiates the sins. As the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, As-sadaqatu tutfi'u al-khati'ah kama yutfi'u al-ma'u al-nar. As-sadaqa, charity, extinguishes the sin as the water extinguishes fire. And as to the benefit with respect to the person who, the beneficiary, it's obvious. And with respect to the Muslims, it is also, with respect to the Muslim, or Islam, it is obvious because zakah will provide a financial institution uh, giving the less fortunate Muslims uh, providing for their needs. And therefore it bridges the gap uh, between the rich and the poor, Muslims and fosters uh, love between the Muslims amongst them. And we mentioned that it sanctifies and then invests, therefore, barakah blessing in the wealth from where it's, it's taken. And it takes away the ego from the person, uh, selfishness and niggardness. So, therefore, the zakah, uh, the zakah uh, purifies and augments properties and protects uh, against defects in these properties due to the blessings which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put in them and it purifies the human ego, ego from miserliness and its evil and from greed and uh, 
it means to fulfill the needs of the poor, the needy and the less fortunate. Now, what are the general conditions, the general conditions of zakah? The general conditions of zakah. First, first, possessing the nisab, possessing the nisab. What is the nisab? The nisab is the amount of property which makes it uh, incumbent on its owner to give or pay the zakah, provided it, it's in excess of basic needs. This is the meaning of the nisab. So the person must possess this amount. The person therefore must possess this amount. Second, and secondly, we, we, or we need to mention here that the nisab differs in accordance with the uh, type of wealth. The nisab, the amount of nisab differs in accordance with the amount of wealth or the type of wealth rather. Now, second condition is the full possession of property. Full possession of property. Second, third, in addition to the nisab that it has been held in possession, it must be held in possession for 12 lunar months. For 12 lunar months, excluded from that are uh, fruits, grains, uh, profit from commerce and the offspring of uh, freely gazing cattle. So it must be held in possession for 12 months. This is called Al-Hawl. This is called Al-Hawl. Remember this term. They're excluded from this are fruits, grains, profit from commerce, and the offspring of freely gazing cattle. This is called al-hawl. Yes. And the fourth condition is uh, Islam, from the shurut, from the conditions of zakah, is to be a Muslim, because it is not required from the non-Muslim. It's not obligated upon him. Some uh, conditioned, some of the scholars conditioned uh, sanity and puberty. Meaning adulthood. So they consider that the insane, it's not obligatory on the insane and on the uh, a child uh, whose age is below uh, the age of uh, puberty. 
because according to this opinion, they are not held accountable. However, the correct opinion is the saying of the majority of the scholars that the zakah is the zakah is obligatory because the relation of the zakah is relation to the wealth. Its relation is to the wealth, not to the accountability, the legal accountability. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in Surah Al-Ma'arij, verse 25, 7025, For the beggar, who ask and for the unluckily who has lost his property and wealth. 24, 25, let's have 24 before, because this takes out the meaning. And those in whose wealth there is a known right for the beggar who asks and for the unluckily, unlucky who has lost his property and wealth. And his means of living has been strained. And also because of the command of the Prophet ﷺ to Mu'adh bin Jabal when he sent him to Yemen. Tell them that Allah ordained upon them charity in their wealth to be taken from their rich to and returned to their poor. Thus indicating that the zakah is a financial right not physical, so as to exempt the uh, the pre-pupercent child or the insane. This is the correct opinion. This is the correct opinion. So, uh, sanity and uh, uh, puberty are not conditions. Also, some scholars had conditioned uh, a condition of uh, the person, the indebted, the one who is in debt is free from zakah. And the correct opinion that this is not a condition and that the zakah is obligated even if the person is indebted. Now the next topic is the holdings or the wealth, the properties upon which zakah is obligated. The first, gold, second, silver, and this is uh, comprehensively, meaning covering it uh, being coins, uh, ingots, dust, uh, etc. The third, The third, commercial uh, stocks and commodities. Commercial stocks and commodities. Fourth, freely gazing cattle. Freely gazing cattle. Fifth, 
what's brought forth from the earth. Farm produce, plants, uh, grains, as we will discuss. Fruits, but there will be also differences in terms of what is uh, what type of fruits upon which zakah is levied and what types that are not. So this is uh, the, these are the holdings or the wealth, the properties uh, upon which zakah is obligated. Let's talk first about the gold and silver. The evidence for zakah levied on gold and silver is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah At-Tawbah, chapter 9, 34. And those who hoard up gold and silver and spend it not in the way of Allah announce unto them a painful torment and from the greatest spending in the cause of Allah is the spending of zakah money and uh, the evidence from the sunnah is in the agreed upon hadith where the Prophet ﷺ said anyone who holds wealth and does not pay its zakah or anyone who holds the zakah of uh, gold and silver and does not give its due uh, charity or it's right, except that on the day of resurrection, he will be, his wealth will turn into sheets heated in hellfire, with which his sides and forehead will be continuously branded, and his back. And also in the hadith of Anas, in the letter concerning zakah, Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu stated in that which he wrote, and in silver, uh, reaching 200 dirhams, there is quarter of a tenth, quarter of a tenth, meaning in zakah. And also in the gold, from the hadith of Ali bin Abi Talib, that the Prophet ﷺ said, if you have 20 dinars, then there is half dinar to be given as a due zakah, and any additional amount will be calculated in this manner. And as mentioned earlier, when it's generalized gold and silver, then this covers any form of gold and silver. Whether it is uh, coins or uh, dishes or 
or jewelry as we will discuss shortly any form or shape as long as it is from gold or silver now the zakah on gold and silver when a quantity of gold uh, which is held in possession for one year one lunar year reaches um, 20 mithqal 20 mithqal and each mithqal is about 4.25 grams so uh, around 85 grams This is the nisab for gold when it reaches 85 grams. Then a zakah of 2.5%. Then a zakah of 2.5% becomes due on it. Uh, similarly, a 2.5. Similarly, a 2.5% uh, is only is also due on silver. Once its uh, nisab has reached, which is around 600, twelve, or rather 600 uh, grams, around 600 grams, 600 grams. Then 2.5% uh, is due. 2.5% is due on silver once its nisab reaches around 600 grams and kept in possession for one year. And kept in possession for one year. This is concerning the uh, the gold and silver. Now, with respect to the uh, monetary funds, also these are subject to zakah uh, at 2.5%, and they must be paid out once they reach the nisab. As to the zakah on the jewelry, then there is a difference of opinion uh, amongst the scholars regarding it. First opinion that it is obligatory. And uh, those who went to this opinion cited the earlier verse from Surah At-Tawbah, chapter 9, verse 34. And those who hold up gold and silver the money, the zakah of which has been paid, and spend it not in the way of Allah, announce unto them a painful torment. And they said that this is a general evidence. This is a general evidence which covers all forms of gold, whether it's jewelry or so forth, and silver. And also in the hadith earlier mentioned that no one who possesses gold and silver and does not give its right, except that he will be punished in hell, as described earlier in the hadith, agreed upon and this is also general. This is also general. So it covers uh, the jewelry. Also, they they took as evidence 
what's narrated, uh, what was narrated from Amr bin Shu'ayb, from his father and from his grandfather, that a woman came to the Prophet وسلم, and she had, uh, uh, she, she was wearing um, gold bracelets on her wrists, and she's, and he وسلم, said to her, do you give it or pay its due zakah? She said no. She said no. So the Prophet said, Do you want Allah to make you wear bracelets of fire? Meaning on the day of resurrection. So she took them off. She took them off. And she gave them to the Prophet and she said, they are for Allah and His Messenger. This hadith uh, is particular to the jewelry, as you can, you know, as you can tell. Uh, and Al-Hafiz bin Hajar, rahimahullah, said that its isnad is qawi. Its isnad is qawi, meaning its uh, narration is strong. And also it has a supporting uh, evidence from the hadith of Aisha and hadith of Um Salama as we will discuss. And Sheikh Al-Albani rahimahullah considered it Hassan, Hassanahu rahimahullah considered it to be good hadith as its degree. Also, uh, hadith uh, Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha that she used to wear silver rings for the Prophet ﷺ. And so he said to her, Do you pay their uh, due zakah? She said no. So the Prophet ﷺ said, Their punishment in hell is enough for you. And this is reported by Abu Dawood uh, from the hadith of Aisha and Al-Albani rahimahullah, Sheikh Al-Albani rahimahullah, uh, authenticated it. And this is also the opinion of uh, Abu Hanifa rahimahullah and one narration from Ahmed. And one narration from Ahmed. Uh, the other opinion is that of Imam Ahmad in another narration and Al-Shafi'i and Malik that it is not an obligation and they took as evidence is a narration from Jabir from the Prophet uh, the hadith of Jabir from the Prophet that he said there is no zakah due in jewelry and as we can tell however that uh, as it's known, this hadith uh, raised to the Prophet ﷺ from Jabir, uh, Al-Bayhaqi rahimahullah considered it this has no basis. Rather, it is reported from Jabir from his saying. And this uh, hadith, therefore, is weak and cannot stand as a proof. Also, they cited that Aisha, radiallahu ta'ala anha, she used to take care of some orphans, uh, nieces, 
uh, under her protection and they had jewelry and that she didn't pay the zakah on their behalf, on their behalf for their jewelry. And in response, uh, we say that the relevant thing is that in what she narrated and she narrated that which indicates the obligation of zakah in jewelry. As to this report, it is either that we say that this is a, a specific situational case, a specific situational case, whereby it's possible that these orphans were in debt, and she thinks, she thought that the debt uh prevents from the obligation of zakah. And it's also possible that she may not see the obligation of zakah except upon the adult. And it's also possible that this jewelry, the amount of it, did not reach the nisab, did not reach the nisab in quantity. So that's why we say this is a specific situational case where these possibilities may arise. Now, also they, it is reported that the Imam Ahmad rahimahullah said that this was a narration from five of the companions of the Prophet sallallahu that they, they don't see the zakah being obligated on jewelry. As to their point, as to this point rather, that this is narrated from five of the companions, the answer is, suppose it is related from 50 of the companions. Then they are not a proof if they are opposed by others. They are not a proof if they are opposed by other opinions from the scholars of the, from the scholars of the companions. And if the evidence is cited earlier as well, point in opposition to their opinion, because there are uh, two types of evidences we cited earlier, general and particular, indicating the obligation of zakah. And therefore there is no proof for anyone saying after the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam, when, uh, based upon these general and particular evidences. So therefore the correct opinion is that the correct opinion that it is permissible for women to wear gold and silver jewelry but they are to be subject to zakah if they reach the nisab and held in possession for one lunar year. This is the correct opinion. Now gold jewelry is prohibited for men. Gold jewelry is prohibited for men, but silver rings and silver designs on sabers are permissible for men. The second holding is that of merchandise and stocks. The, uh, whatever uh, of them is uh, prepared for bartering and trading for profit. 
then zakah is due on them. Whether these uh, commodities and merchandise and so forth, whether they are from uh, real estate, uh, livestock, machinery, foodstuff, etc. So if they reach the Nisab and they had been kept for one year, then a 2.5% of its value must be given out as zakah. Must be given out as zakah. And it's also possible or permissible to give, it is also permissible to give, 2.5 zakah in kind. Now suppose these commodities are not uh, meant for commercial purposes, are not kept for commercial purposes. Then there is no zakah obligated on them. There is no zakah due on them. So, it's, it's not the keeping or the possession of these items that is uh, intended here, but rather the profit. Anything prepared for earnings and profits. And this uh, is not particular to gold and silver or uh, freely gazing uh, livestock or to or in uh, nor in in grains or or fruits or nor in fruits but rather uh, general any property any wealth that is prepared for uh, earning and profit so therefore anyone who has a commodity for sale selling it for profit then not just for having it for possession if he keeps it as a possession then there is uh, no zakah upon that except that which is obligated uh, in particular to gold and silver which we covered earlier now uh, the The currencies we use, uh, it's dollars, uh, rials, you name it, uh, the preponderating opinion that there is zakah uh, absolutely obligated upon them, whether they are intended for uh, trade or not. Thirdly, concerning, concerning the freely gazing cattle. First, it must be from the cattle, either camel, cow, uh, camels, cows, uh, and sheep. And it must be freely gazing. For a year or most of the year. For a year or most of the year. Once they reach the Nisab. Now suppose someone may have a, a, a freely gazing horse or a rabbit 
or a deer, then there is no zakah in that, unless it is set for trade, then it will be a commodity for trade. And also if someone has cattle like, for example, camels, and it gazes freely, uh, graze uh, rather, freely graze four months out of the year, and eight months it is fed. Regular feed. He buys the regular feed. and uh, Then in this case there is no zakah. There is no zakah. However, if, if really grazes for eight months, and it is given the regular feed for four months, then there is zakah upon it. Because this is most of the year. So therefore, if it is said, if it is fed most of the year, or half of the year, then it is not considered to be uh, freely grazing. There is no zakah there, uh, thereof. Now, what is the nisab? What is the nisab for sheep? The nisab for the sheep, yes. From 40 to 120, there is one sheep. From 121 to 200, there is two. And from 200 and up, is three. And thereafter, thereafter, a sheep on every hundred sheep. A sheep on every hundred sheep. Now, the, the nisab for cows... The nisab for cows... From 30 to 39... The zakah is one calf, male or female. Uh, from 40 to 59, one, two year old. One cow, two year old. And from 60 up, two calves. From 60 up, two calves. And what follows, a calf on every 30 cow thereafter. A calf on every 30 cows. And a two-year-old cow on every 40 cows. A calf on every 30 cows. And a two-year-old cow on every 40 cows. The nisab for camels from five to nine, the zakah is one sheep. From ten to fourteen, two sheep. From fifteen to nineteen, three sheep. From 20 to 24, 4 sheep, 15 to 19, 3, and 20 to 24, 4 sheep, 25 to 35, 1 year old she camel, 1 year old she camel. 
from 36 to 45, two-year-old milking she-camel. And from 46 to 60, three-year-old she-camel. From 61 to 75, four-year-old she-camel. And from 76 to 90, two, two-year milking she-camels. Two, two-year-old milking she-camels. Two of them, whose age is two years each. No. From 91 to 120, two three-year-old she-camel. And let's go for this then. 91 to 120, 91 to 120, Two three-year-old she-camels, two of them. And from 121 up, three of the two-year milking she-camels. Two of the two-year milking she-camels. Now, thereafter, there will be two-year she-camel on every 40 camels. And a three-year-old she-camel on every 50 camels. Okay, after a three-year-old she-camel on every 40 camels. And a three-year-old she-camel on every 50 camels. After this, a two-year, two-year-old on every 40, and three-year-old on every 50. No. Five. As to remember, five. remember that we said, if they are kept, the livestock, if they are kept for commercial purposes, then a 2.5% is due on them as zakat. Now, the zakah on the, what comes forth from the earth, from grains, and from fruits that are measurable by capacity, and preservable, and considered stable food. On this there is zakah. If they are from the fruits that are not measurable by capacity, then there is no zakah, like peaches, uh, pears, apples, apricots, figs, because they are not measurable by capacity, nor they are preservable, nor they are 
considered as stable food. And the, the nisab, the nisab on the tax, on the, on the, uh, on these items that zakah is applicable upon them from grain produce, such as also, uh, preserve, uh, the, the measurable and preservable, such as dates and raisins, the nisab of these fruits is approximately 612 kilograms. Where did we get this? Because in the hadith, the nisab was mentioned as five awsuk. Five awsuk. Awsuk is a plural of wasak. And uh, the five awsuk are equivalent to 300 of the Prophet Sa'a. And the measure of the Prophet Sa'a is 2,040 grams. So therefore, the, the equivalent would be, one, the one wasak would be 612 kilos. The one wasak would be around 612 kilos. And here it is permissible to use various kinds of fruits that may be put together, for example, to complete the nisab. One may put together various kinds of dates, for example, of the same kind. So this is the nisab. Now what is the zakah now on that? The zakah. It is one-tenth of the produce irrigated by rainwater. One-tenth of the produce irrigated by rainwater. Second, it's half of a tenth of the produce irrigated by uh, machines, wells, you name it, and the like. This is one half of a tenth. And now three. Three fourths of a tenth of the produce irrigated uh, jointly by rainwater and wells or drawn water. As to the timing is when the uh, grain becomes harvestable and when the fruit is ripe this is when zakah is, becomes due. And with respect to uh, every ore, metal or the like, that is mined, is subject to zakah of either 2.5% of its value, or 2.5% in kind, in case it is gold or silver. Every ore metal or the like that is, that is mined is subject to zakah of either 2.5% of its value 
or 2.5 in case in kind, in case it's gold or silver. And also with respect to the precious metals or minerals, which is known as rikaz, R-I-K-A-Z, which is buried in the earth, one-fifth of the fine should be given as zakah, to be given to the poor and the needy, and the finder uh, retains four-fifths of the fine. <coughs> four-fifths of the fine. And the finder retains four-fifths of the fine. There is no zakah in that which the person needs from his uh, mount, cars, food, uh, house, and the like. Also, that which is prepared for rent from real estate and the like, there is no obligation of zakah in it. However, the zakah is obligated in the rent money. If a whole year passes on it. And as to the zakah of the debt, the loan, zakah is due in, on a loan if the person to whom the loan is given is capable of paying it back. So if he is able to take it from him, so he will uh, make zakah on it each year, or if he receives it, he may give the zakah on it on all the previous years that was in the possession of the person to whom the loan was given. However, if the loan was with someone if in the case the indebtor is poor then the creditor may give out the zakah on such loan upon receiving it calculated as though it was possessed for one year only if it is within the nisab level or over. The people who hold shares prepared for trade, then there is zakah on these shares. If a whole year passes on it, like the other commodities prepared for trade. However, if the sharing in the property is uh, only intended uh, for rent, then the property in that sense there is uh, there is no zakah in it, however the zakah is in the rent money if it reaches the nisab and a whole year passes on it. The profits gained from the capital it's not conditional uh, to have one year pass on it Rather, its hawl uh, follows its principle. 
Now, money spent to build mosques or in any charitable work, there is no zakah upon it. If a whole year passes on it. Similarly, the properties that no one possess, like those present in uh, with the uh, charitable organization or funds. If, if they are not possessed by anyone, inshallah, the next talk we'll talk about the uh, the dispensing of zakah and uh, the benefit the beneficiary the uh, beneficiaries of the zakah funds we leave that inshallah for the next topic alhamdulillah rabbil alamin wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam